In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I don't know, I don't think you'd be proud of me. I was coming back from the men's retreat last night, and I left about 11 out near Julian Whispering Winds. There's a lot of curves on those roads, and I was trying to be a race car driver, and I don't think that was really smart, so I'm just glad I'm here and safe with you this morning. It was great. It was a great retreat, and they're wrapping up the guys this morning. As I told you, the last few weeks in Bolton and then last week, we're just going to kind of focus on the Eucharist for the next four to six weeks. So last week, we talked about the hole in the heart. We all have a God-shaped hole in our heart, and I gave you a nice big red heart with the cross taken out of that, and only the cross, the Eucharist, can bring us to our, our rest and fulfillment, and our rest comes in God. And why I started there is because I start with where we're at. <laughs> and to, to realize the need that we have and where's that need going to be supplied. And then this week I just wanted to focus on how we can look at fulfilling that need and having the life that we're looking for. So this homily is called the temple and the word of God and the walls, rebuilding the walls. So temple, word of God, walls and how we can look at that. And it's based on the homily of those in Babylonian exile coming back after 70 years. So they were away, they were taken in exile, Jewish brothers and sisters for 70 years, taken away from their jobs and their routine and their country, and most of all, the temple, which was the center of their lives and their worship, their worship of God and their connection to God and their praise of God. So in a lot of ways, their lives in this time were devastated and broken down and scattered and shattered. They're away from the Lord and devastated. But how many of us can find ourselves in that situation today? It's not been an easy year and a half. All the things that are going on in our world, just at all levels, and plus just the, the things that we face in daily life. But God wants to give us encouragement, and he wants us to, to say, Maybe you can look at this scripture and this is how you can rebuild your life, wherever your life's at. Maybe it's great, but the building continues. So St. Paul says in Corinthians, coupled with this, this looking at the return of the exile, St. Paul says, these words are written for you, for your encouragement, that you may have these words upbuilding you in your heart. So there's three waves of coming back to the temple. The first wave was Zerubbabel, and he was charged with rebuilding the temple. And then the second wave was Ezra, and he was the scribe and the priest who taught the word of God, who preached the word of God, who proclaimed the word of God. And so that was the second wave. The third wave was Nehemiah, and he was charged with building the walls around the city. So how does that relate to us? How does that relate to us in the 21st century? Well, the temple, the rebuilding of the temple, for us, the corollary could be the sacraments that if we want to be rebuilt after we've been devastated, after things have fallen apart, you know, in our lives too, there can be devastation and falling apart, plus we can be away from the Lord, like the exiles. Those two things, being away from the Lord and then the devastation happening, that's overwhelming. That's unsolvable on many levels if we don't have what we have today. So how are we going to rise from the ashes? 
when we want to be rebuilt. Whatever that is, you can probably name it in your life. How will we be rebuilt? To center our lives on the sacraments and especially the Eucharist. The Eucharist, which we're exploring, is the very life of Jesus. It's different than the other sacraments, St. Thomas Aquinas teaches us. The other sacraments, they impart the grace of Christ to us, but the Eucharist is the very life of Christ. That's why it's the center of our faith. It's from the source of our life and our forgiveness and our salvation. So when we celebrate baptism, the water doesn't become Jesus. Grace is imparted. When we celebrate sacrament of the sick, the holy oils do not become Jesus. But what happens when we celebrate the Eucharist? The bread and the wine become Jesus, the very life of Jesus. And that's how it's different and it's preeminent for us in our life. And then we couple that understanding of the very life of Christ. We pray with St. Augustine. May I become what I have received. So when we receive the Eucharist, we pray that we will become, we will have the life of Jesus and live that life. And it's beautiful because our prayer after communion is that very same thing today. May I become what I have consumed. And what are the implications there? I'll say this a billion times to me and to you. Your life is not about you. It's about the life of Christ. And so putting ourselves to the side, emptying ourselves of that so that we can receive the incredible, gracious, unconquerable life of Christ. And if we don't have God in our lives, then we really never rise above our base level. And we're just eating and drinking and sleeping and existing, but that's not what God has for us. He has his very life, the life that created this universe is in you and me and especially in a special way in the Eucharist. So if we don't have God in our lives, we're not rising above that base level of just the physical level, then that's a death wish because we're created for so much more. So if we're going to be restored, if you want to be restored in your life, be a sacramental Christian. Practice the sacraments. Let me ask you, let me ask us. What do you believe about the sacraments? What do you believe about the Eucharist specifically and reconciliation? Because Jesus is waiting for us to rebuild us in that. We can't rebuild ourselves. We come to the sacraments to receive and be rebuilt by the God who's come to save us. So that's the corollary to the temple is the sacraments. To be a sacramental Catholic to practice that. Mass, daily mass, sacrament of reconciliation, other sacraments coming before God. The second part, Ezra proclaimed and taught the word of God. And the word of God will build us up, it will strengthen us, it will correct us, it will direct us. It will give us a new set of friends. And it will bring us especially into this relationship with the Lord, into this intimacy of the Lord. And it's very interesting, Ezra, we just read within the last week, within our lectionary, we read from Ezra chapter 8. And Ezra was in chapter 8, proclaiming the work of the Lord and the presence of the Lord. And he was saying, keep holy the Sabbath. This is a holy day. And as he was proclaiming this word, what did the people start doing? Started weeping. 
Why were they weeping when Ezra was proclaiming the presence of the Lord and telling them that God, who maybe they thought had forsaken them, was in their midst? Well, there's a depth and a wisdom to the love and the mercy of God in this for sure. It's this relationship with the Lord, pouring out his love, but he's also saying, rejoice in my love for you, but with what you have extra, give to those who do not have. So the justice in caring for others. So that love and justice of what was being proclaimed by Ezra, priest and scribe. And we have to think that they were being reminded of the covenant that they had heard of and they, they had prayed about that God was with them and that this relationship, coming into this relationship, was changing them. And maybe this is what was happening. They were realizing that there is a God who knows me and loves me and that I have been living my life unaware that I didn't have him, but now he's coming into my life and I'm experiencing that covenantal relationship that he has for me in my life, and they would become tears of joy because God was being faithful to be with them. And Ezra goes on and says, don't mourn, don't weep, don't be sad, for this is a day that's holy, and celebrate the relationship that I have with you, and I am for you. And then Ezra, pretty famous line, says to you and to me today, as well as to those in the exile that he was preaching to, the joy of the Lord, let the joy of the Lord be your strength. Some translations say, the joy of the Lord must be your strength. Who do we look to? What do we look to? We don't look to the problems. We don't look to the devastation. We don't look to, oh, I've been away from the Lord and I'm without the Lord and I'm helpless and hopeless, but we look to the Lord. And we see and experience his relationship for us, him breaking into our lives. And we can say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. This is who my eyes are on. This is who I'm created for. And so the word of God comes to us to bring us in to this love and relationship and power and justice for others that they might be served in that. And then the third way that we can be rebuilt is to the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem. And what would that be? That would be a church, the church, being in the church. So rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem in antiquity in that age, if there were not fortified walls around the city, it wouldn't be a real city. If we're not in church together, and committed to receiving all that the Lord has for us, then we aren't being the church that he is calling us to be. We need church. We need each other. We need fellowship. We need the liturgical year. We need Sundays and Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in what God has for us but especially on Sundays we gather together, but the Lord has more for us during the week. We need leadership, and we need to be brought in to the life of God, into the order that he has for us. I'll say this. If the Eucharistic community, if this Eucharistic community is not our priority, 
Houston, we have a problem. Amen? The world is falling and being devastated before our face. There's anxiety. There's so much awayness from God is falling apart before our eyes. If we can't see this and respond to this and come here to receive what, all that we'll need, then Houston, we have a problem. It's not about sailing. It's not about food. It's not about a vacation. It's not about pleasure. It's about him in us, his Eucharist, us being changed into his life. And that's what he's calling us to. So it's pretty simple if we want to be rebuilt. The tripod of the sacraments, the word of God, and the life of the church. It's Eucharistic love. This is my body. This is my blood that I give to you, Jesus says. And we can be away from him, and we can be experiencing the devastation of the world, but it's so important. It's the heart of our lives to come together, to listen to him in the word of God. We come together and we bring our children and we bring each other and we remind each other, come together for listening, for eating. We listen to the word of God and we listen to the words about God and that always points us to the consumption. Jesus says, take and eat, take and drink. We see that, we watch that, our little ones watch that and then they look to you and me and to say, is your life matching up with this listening and eating? Because I'm watching. I'm watching you. Are you living the life of Jesus? Is he becoming greater and stronger in your life in that invitation? Just put before us, I say us because I'm in that. This is a word of God to us. This is the sacraments, the word of God, the church. How open are you to this? How open are you to God might be calling me to more, more mass, more time to confession to become right with him. I just got off a men's retreat, confession after confession. You know what the men experience on retreat? That they're in exile, that they're away from the Lord, and that we need the Lord, that there's devastation and there's hurt in their lives. And how will they be rebuilt? Oh, I'm gonna rebuild me? Not for a million years can I ever begin to rebuild the devastation that I've experienced in my life. How much time and practice will we give to the one that we say that we love? Is it pithy? Is it minimal? Or is it as generous as Jesus on the cross? 
let's pray for that generosity in our hearts to give back to him, to practice, to be here. You're here this morning. It's beautiful. God has so much more. Jesus has all the time in the world for you. He has all the life in the world for you. He waits for you in the sacraments, in his word, in discovering him in your brothers and sisters in this community as we gather in the church. Where are you? That's always a good question with this word. And Jesus says, I've given you this. I've given you my word. And I've placed my body on that word to prove that it's true. I give you my Eucharist. And I call you together as a community so that I can build up your shattered, devastated lives. And if you've been far from me and away from me, come home. I will embrace you. I will forgive you. I will build you up in my life, which will never, ever be defeated, which will never end.